My name is Luke Bilesma. I'm excited for the chance to team teach this series with Chan Choi. We have been uh, praying about and talking about how to walk through this. And uh, it's just a rich subject, and there's a lot here for us to consider as we think about developing, pursuing biblical friendships. Um, let me just give you a quick overview of where we're going, and then a couple, just a couple notes. Well, first of all, about me, a little bit more. Um, we are, um, my wife and I are praying for the Lord to lead us in a direction of a church to go and revitalize. I was pastoring for a season in Michigan. We moved here in August, five months ago. Can't believe it's been that long already. Um, it's gone fast. And we are stoked for the opportunity to, uh, to be part of a church revitalization. We're praying at about a particular church. I'm happy to talk with you more about it later. And if you have interest and going out potentially, or just want to ask questions, we'd love to talk about it. Um, we are excited for what the Lord has in store for 2023. Where we're going in this series, we're going to be talking about a lot of different things. This morning is really an introduction, just kind of laying the groundwork for, for the future lessons. We'll be talking about things like threats to biblical friendship, um, talking about what does it mean to be a biblical friend, what are the marks of friendship, how to cultivate it. We'll be looking to Christ, like Christ is our greatest friend. And I'm, I'm stoked for that lesson. That'll be in a few weeks. And uh, the reality that Christ's work liberates us to be friends that we're called to be, to pursue the kind of friendship we need to be. And then we're going to end with a panel discussion. Uh, we did this last time with the, the gospel in the workplace, or Christians in the workplace, and felt like it was really helpful. So we're going to do another panel discussion. So if you look at your notes, there's a QR code. You can uh, scan that on your phone and then set, submit questions, even during this lesson or any lesson to come. And it might just help Chan and I just know what things we need to be answering. It'll help us know uh, where to be leading that panel discussion at the end. And it's an opportunity for you to really engage with the material and think through this with us. Maybe there's a particular situation or a topic that you really want us to press in on in the friendship category. So uh, we're really excited for that. So be, be sure to, to fill that out. I want to show you a couple books um, that we're, we're reading through. There's a bunch of great books. Um, if you've not read Side by Side by Ed Welch, it's a great book on just walking with people uh, through life. This good book by Hugh Black, Friendship. I've not finished this, but Chan has, right, Chan? Another great resource um, for you for friendship. Um, then there's True Friendship. Uh, another great resource, a smaller book, but really helpful on what does it mean to be a, a biblical friend. This has become my favorite, personally, Made for Friendship by Drew Hunter. I have these up here, so if, you are, if I'm going too fast, just come up later and see them. But Drew Hunter has a great, it's a great resource on friendship. Um, been really helpful, I've really enjoyed it. And then another great one, The Company We Keep by Jonathan Holmes. A great walkthrough on the biblical friendship, uh, what it looks like, and how to pursue it. So, so those are just some good resources um, that we'll be leaning on. So anything you like that we say, it's at least anything you like that I say, it's from them. So there you go, okay? Let's just pray, and uh, we'll dig in. Father, we're grateful for this time. We're thankful for um, what we've already had a chance to walk through this morning and hear about a Father who loves us. Um, in a way that is beyond our understanding because of what Christ has accomplished. Um, Lord, we're thankful for this chance and opportunity to dig into your word this morning as we think about this, this conversation of friendship. Lord, we, we want to be people who are good friends. We want to be people who are pursuing friendship. And Lord, the truth is we, we ache for it. Some of us are in different places, and I pray that wherever these people are at this morning, that you would 
encourage their hearts today and, Lord, really awaken in them, Lord, a love for what you are doing and have done through your word, Lord, to bring about the greatest friendship. And I pray that it would influence, Lord, how they think about the friends around them right now. Um, God, we give you the praise for this. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, I'm going to walk through three questions this morning that will just kind of help us as we think about preparing for what's coming, okay? The first question is this, do we really need to talk about friendship? Seems like an odd topic, maybe, maybe for some of you you're just excited about it, but there's some stats that I wanted to share with you to help you think about why this is really important. A survey was taken in January of 2020, and it was taking on the loneliness that people were feeling, and they noted that three out of five people would qualify as lonely. Now, the thing that actually strikes me the most about the survey is when it was taken. January of 2020. Did you guys catch that? Before COVID. That's three years ago now. And they were recognizing that loneliness was a real factor. It was significantly contributing to health struggles, challenges people were going through. And then there was another survey taken in 2021 on the topic of friendship. And there had been a similar study done in 1990, and this 2021 study was just to kind of compare how things have been happening in the friendship category in our world. Well, in 1990, it was seen that about 3% of people would say they had no friends. Well, now fast forward 30 years, that is four times greater at 12% of people would say they have no friends. Okay, there's an interesting problem happening in our society. The article goes on to say that um, people are talking to their friends less often and relying less often on their friends for personal support. It's a real need in our world. Like friendship is something people are struggling with, struggling with all over. And honestly, as I've gotten ready for the study, it's really been just sweet how the Lord has worked in my heart, making me think more intentionally about the subject. But I think it's a real need also in our own personal lives. Just think with me for a second about some possibilities. Maybe you fit into one of these categories. Maybe you fit into a different category. But I think there, there's a real need for this in our lives. Maybe you're a single person who has come to gospel grace. You have lots of acquaintances. There are lots of friends here. You have lots of friends on social media. But yet you feel this ache of loneliness in your heart. You know that feeling, don't you? That loneliness feeling of, man, I just, I'm part of great Christian community, but I feel like no one really knows me. They don't know me in the way that I wish they did. Maybe you are a tired and busy husband or wife, father or mother, and life is so chaotic sometimes that you feel like, I don't know if I can do uh, all of this life and actually have a friend. So you come on a Sunday morning and you're excited because there are adults everywhere. And you are stoked for the chance to have a, an adult conversation with somebody who maybe cares about you. And you have that quick conversation and then you're back home and all the chaos. And your heart is aching for something more, isn't it? You're wanting deeper friendship. Maybe you've tried to pursue friendship before. Maybe you've opened up your heart to people. You have pursued it. You've given it lots of energy and time. And maybe a move in your life has caused you to lose those friends. And you're asking the, yourself the question, is it worth doing it again? Should I pursue friends again? It was hard the last time. Or maybe in that situation, you face the, 
the struggles of other people's gossip and slander and rejection. And you're wondering, is it worth opening myself up to all those possibilities that somebody else is going to maybe be my friend for a season, but then they're going to burn me. They're going to hurt me. So maybe you're in this situation where you're thinking, I don't know if I want to have friends. I'll keep everyone at a distance. Maybe this is you. You are a friendship killer. Maybe you're the person who in your past you can look back and think, wow, there is a, a, just a long line of dead relationships that I've killed because I've participated in gossip and slander and hurt. And now your question is, will anybody be my friend? Maybe you burned enough bridges, you're just wondering, like, would anybody love me enough to have that relationship? I think the truth is we are all coming from different perspectives. Some of you already have great friendships. You've got deep friendships. Some of you are on the opposite spectrum and you're here and you're thinking, I don't know if I have a friend in the room. So wherever you are this morning, our hope is that you would be encouraged to pursue biblical friendship. Our hope is that you will find that in the word we find Christ who is your greatest friend no matter what, but then you, you can find practical ways to be the friend that God has called you to be to cultivate that in your life, and then to cultivate friendships with others. Like, that's our desire for you. That's our desire for our own hearts as we work through this. Just to reinforce all of this, Kevin DeYoung makes a comment on the topic of friendship. He says this, it is the most important, least talked about relationship in the church. The most important, least talked about relationship in the church. I think I agree. Friendship needs to be talked about. Okay, so first question, why are we talking about it? There's a great need in our world. We see the need in our hearts. But what is biblical friendship? And I want you just to think with me for a second about a question. Think about your friends, the people you would call friends in your life right now, and ask yourself this, why are they my friends? Why are they my friends? What might be some answers people would give? What do you think? What are some answers people would give to that question? We have a lot in common. Good. What else? Okay, same, same stage of life. Changing diapers together. <laughs> I don't know what other categories there are. There's other ones. <laughs> Tim? My wife is friends with their wife. All right, so. <laughs> all right, I guess I, I better be nice here. <laughs> Thanks, Tim. That's great. <laughs> Good. Uh, yeah. Yeah, some, some common goal you have that you're aspiring toward. Okay, you're serving next to each other. Now you're like your friends. Okay, there's lots of commonalities. There's some kind of, some kind of binding agent, for lack of a better f- way to say it. There's something that unites you together. And there's usually some kind of direction you're heading. Some place you're going to. All friendships really have these commonalities. But I think what's really important for us to distinguish is a spiritual friendship or a biblical friendship has something a little more unique, something a little more than just stage of life, commonalities, friend of a friend, so I have to be their friend kind of idea. I love Tim Keller writing on the subject. He's written a bunch on friendship. You're going to hear him a number of times this morning because, honestly, he says it so well, I couldn't say it better, so I'm just going to give you his words, okay? But he defines friendship. It's in your notes. It says this. He says, friendship is that deep oneness that develops as two people journey together toward the same destination, helping one another through the dangers and challenges along the way. Just think about those words for a second. It is the deep oneness 
There is this deep relationship bond, as some would say in their definitions, this forged relationship that's happening. And it's a developing relationship. If you think about your friendships that are good, you know it develops over time. As you're journeying through life, as you go through the struggles and challenges, thinking, man, this friend of mine, we're developing deeper and deeper and deeper as we help each other out. They're struggling through this hardship in their life, or I'm struggling personally here, and so you're helping one another along the way. Like, this is the picture of friendship. But there's still one more thing I think we need to establish here. And Keller says this in another quote. I want to read this. Just listen to these words as he really just puts a little more onto this definition. It says, friendship is only possible when there is a common vision and passion. For believers in Christ, despite enormous differences in class, temperament, culture, race, sensibility, and personal history, there is an underlying commonality that is more powerful than them all. That is not so much a thread as an indestructible steel cable. And what is that indestructible steel cable? It's Jesus. He is that indestructible steel cable. That deep oneness is able to take place because of the bond that Christ brings. And so when we're talking about friendship, there are lots of friends we can have in our life, but we're trying to narrow in on the spiritual biblical friendship where you're united around the person of Christ. It's his life his death, his resurrection that brings you together and that gives you this really great depth in your friendship as you walk side by side. So if you go back to your friends, that list of friends you were thinking about earlier, how many friends fit into that category? How many friends do you have that fit into the category where you're willing to walk through life and help each other out through the, through the challenges and struggles you go through? How many of those friends do you have that are, are deep because of the bond that Christ has given? And really our ache and desire for you is that you would have those, that we all would have those. We would be those kinds of friends. These are the kinds of friends we want to pursue. Now for our time left, I want to answer this third question. So first we're just asking the question generally, why would we even talk about the subject? What are we aiming for? What is biblical friendship we're aspiring towards? Certainly a working definition here. But why should we pursue it? Why should we pursue biblical friendship? What's driving that for us? Now, to begin with, we need to see that we were created for friendship. We were created for. This is from Genesis 1 and 2. I love going here because there's so much packed in these verses in the creation account that helps us think about how we think about many subjects. Friendship was not a result of the fall. It wasn't because God forgot some key element in your creation so you could be a hermit. Okay, God didn't like, oh, I forgot that. Now they need people. Okay, there's a fall aspect to it. No, 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 no. This isn't the sense. There's a deeper aspect, a grander aspect. Look at Genesis chapter 1, verse 26. It's a familiar verse. This isn't one that's, that you certainly have never heard. I'm sure you've heard it many times, but it's so helpful for us. Genesis 1, 26. Then God said, let us make man in our image after, what is the next word? Our likeness. These words are packed with truth. The three persons in one God, the Trinity, a truth that is just supported throughout all of Scripture, is right here in these words and the plurality of them. Let us make man in our 
image after our likeness. I mean, think about this for a second. There is this profound reality that for all of eternity past, the Father, Son, and Spirit have existed in perfect relationship, community, and dare I say, friendship. They've had this oneness about them, this commonality that's united them in perfection, no doubt, but for all of eternity. And now what they're doing in this inter-Trinitarian relationship, so they have this relationship within themselves, they are spilling that over into their creation. They're giving that to you and I. This is verse 27. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. So when we think about this profound reality, we consider this fact for a second. When we partake in friendship, when we pursue friendship, we are imaging and reflecting who God is. So just like right now, some of you have got kids in gospel growth, they are imaging you. The teachers, if they know who you are, they know the kids are like, oh, oh, that's a Bilesma, okay? Some of us, that causes a little, little fear in our hearts about what they're gonna do down there, right? But they're imaging you to some degree. In the same way, when we pursue biblical friendship, we are imaging the God who created us. We're reflecting him. That's really profound. But as you know, the story goes on. There is only one thing in all of God's perfect creation that is not good, Genesis 2.18. Anybody know what it is? What is that one thing that is not good? What's that? Man is alone. When you think about the fact that man is alone and here in God's great garden of perfection, there is an ache, a longing for something more. Once again, Tim Keller, he has just such fitting words. He says this. This is one ache, the ache for friendship, that is part of Adam's perfection. God made us in such a way that we cannot enjoy paradise without friends. God made us in such a way that we cannot enjoy our joy without friends. Human friends, not dogs, human friends. Adam had a perfect quiet time every day, 24 hours, never had a dry one, and yet he needed Friends, that was part of God's design, that you and I would have friends, relationship. Now, the story goes on to talk about how God created Eve, and here's Eve in this marriage relationship with Adam, and they have this marriage friendship, okay? No, we're not talking about marriage. Well, I guess we are kind of talking about marriage friendship, but more in particular, friendship outside of marriage. But we see here in this beginning section of Genesis is that we were created to be relational people created for friendship. And as we pursue this, we're reflecting the God who made us. But here's the second reason why we should pursue it. First of all, because we're created for it. But second of all, because that friendship was broken by sin. I mean, just look at Genesis 3. We know this passage well. Adam and Eve, they eat from the, from the tree they're not supposed to eat from. We heard about it this morning in the message, or you'll hear about it in a few moments. But this brokenness comes into the world. And just, just think for a second about your friendships and the times you've experienced the effect of sin. Bitterness, gossip, slander, people who idolize friendship too far, people who don't want friends, who reject you. I mean, we've experienced the negatives of this, haven't we? 
the brokenness of sin. And so here, Adam and Eve, they're eating of the fruit, and what they're doing is they're breaking the vertical friendship relationship they have with God. That's broken because of their sin. And what's happening then is horizontally, their relationship with the only other human being on the earth, their spouse, is also now experiencing the effect of that. So Adam blames Eve, Eve blames the serpent, and continue on in history, and we are seeing the effects of that sin still in our life today, aren't we? In our friendships. Chan's going to be delving into this in a greater, greater way in the, I think it's next, next Sunday, the threats of biblical friendship. What we see here is there is a call to pursue biblical friendship because we know this is not the norm we want to have. This is not what God intended. This is not a place we should settle. Like, it's just normal for us to have, have sin in our relationship. No, there's something greater we can pursue because of Christ. And so we pursue biblical friendship because it's been broken, because we know there's something greater. And here's the third reason. Because we have a befriending God. We have a God who pursues man. He's pursued us since the very beginning. He pursued Adam and Eve in the garden when they were walking in the cool of the day. Like he would go out there and pursue them and then brokenness came. But God did not stop pursuing man. He continued. And I want to show you just two examples. First of all is that God befriended Abraham. All right, really quick, who is Abraham? This is Sunday school, right? Not Jesus. That's not the answer. Who is Abraham? Okay. He's the father of Israel. We heard about him again this morning. A lot of overlap here. I love it. And so in Genesis 12, he's promised you're going to have a lot of children. Remember that? And he's, he's a significant part of God's redemptive history, his plan to bring about the restoration of the broken relationship. And then later in history, Isaiah is recording the words of God in Isaiah 41.8. Just listen to these words. But you, Israel, my servant Jacob, whom I have chosen, listen to this, the offspring of Abraham, my friend. That is profound. The God of the universe is calling Abraham his friend. He's just a man, a sinful man who makes his own mistakes, and yet God is saying, listen, I call you my friend. And James, James picks up on this. If you go to James chapter 2 really quickly, James chapter 2 picks up on, on this incredible idea that God is calling Abraham his friend. And he's talking about all that Abraham did. Abraham took his son to the mountain. He followed God in obedience. He was trusting God. Thankfully, God put a stop to the sacrifice, but it proved that Abraham was trusting and having faith in God. Here's verse 23 of chapter 2 of James. Abraham believed God, and it was counted to him as righteousness, and he was called a friend of God. So Abraham's faith and trust in God, his obedience, resulted in this wonderful reality that he was called a friend of God. What an amazing title. Okay, let's move forward now. God befriended Abraham, but he also befriended Moses. When Israel was coming out of the land of Egypt, they were wandering, they were waiting to go into the promised land. Moses is setting up this tent, the tabernacle. Remember that? And he's setting it up outside the, the camp. And what's, what's hovering above the tabernacle when God is there? A cloud by day, by day and a what? Fire by night. Okay, signifying God's presence. So here, just imagine this. 
So Moses goes out to the tent, and all these people are watching him go out there. And then verse 30, chapter 33 of 11 of Exodus says this, Thus the Lord used to speak to Moses face to face as a man speaks to his friend. So here Moses goes into the tabernacle where there's all this smoke of God's presence. I'm just like, what did they talk about in there? Moses sitting down, oh God, these people are terrible. Really? You know, just like a friendship, face-to-face conversation between the God of the universe, willingly allowing himself to be that close to a person who's sinful and broken because he loves him and he's been befriending him. So Moses was able to speak to God as a friend. This was not something that he deserved, not something he earned, but it was because of God's grace and his mercy. God befriended him. I think this just moves us on to the fourth reason. So first we see we, we need to pursue biblical friendship because we're created for it. Sin was, has broken that relationship, but God has been befriending since then and through then, befriending us, and now ultimately here, we are saved into a new friendship, the ultimate display of God's pursuit of us. When Jesus was underway in his ministry, he actually began to have a reputation a reputation, Matthew eleven nineteen 19 says, he was called a friend of tax collectors and sinners. That is incredible. That Jesus would be known as a friend to tax collectors and sinners. It didn't matter which stripe they came from, what struggles they have. He pursued them to such a degree that people looking outside thought, wow, Jesus, those are his friends. But in an even greater way, we see in John 15, I really want you to look here, John 15, verse 12. So turn to John 15, verse 12. We're going to come back to this passage in a few weeks when we talk about Jesus as our greatest friend, but I want to just touch on it today because it's so powerful. John 15, verse 12, Jesus writes, it says this, this is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this that someone lay down his life for his friends. You are my friends if you do what I command you. No longer do I call you servants, for the servant does not know what his master is doing, but I have called you friends, for all that I have heard from my father I have made known to you. This is incredible. Jesus shows us in this passage his great love for his friends, his great love for you and for me, and that he was willing to go to the cross on our behalf and and die on our behalf there. He was willing for his righteousness to be applied to our account so that we could have that friendship with God the Father, that vertical relationship could be restored through the work of Christ. And what happens because the vertical relationship is restored, our horizontal relationships can also be restored. So this eternal friendship between God the Father, God the Son, and God the Spirit was broken in that moment on the cross as Jesus bore your sin, drank the cup of God's wrath so that our friendship with God could be restored and thereby through that our friendships with one another. I love this picture because it tells us that Jesus' work on our behalf, it really liberates us to be the friends that God has called us to be. It frees us then to be the kind of friends we need to be for, for his glory. It frees us to be the kind of friends that other people are looking for. 
So why are we pursuing biblical friendship? We are pursuing biblical friendship because we were created for friendship. That ache in your heart, that longing you feel from time to time for someone to know you and to have that deep oneness with you, to journey side by side with you, that desire that was put there by God. We know that was broken by sin, which has made it so hard for us to pursue biblical friendship because sin enters into that and fractures all of those relationships. But then we don't forget the rest of the story, the befriending God who's been pursuing us since the beginning and here in Christ in the greatest way through his death and resurrection has allowed us to have that relationship restored. So this is our desire. Let's pursue this kind of biblical friendship. Now before we go, what I want to do is give you a couple practical thoughts to walk away with today. I want you to think about how you can be praying differently this week as you think about friendship. And I'm using an acronym, the PRAY acronym, Praise, Repent, and Ask and Yield. And you can add your own items in here, but I want to share a few ideas for you. Maybe this week you need to praise God that he was willing to go to such lengths so that you could be restored back to him. Maybe you need to praise God that he is a a befriending God who is pursuing you by dying on the cross for your sake. He is the friend who is closer than a brother. You can praise God wherever you are, whatever situation you're coming from. And I don't know your hearts, you know. Whatever struggles you've come from in this topic of friendship, you can praise God for what he's done in pursuing you. So begin there. Praise him. Give him the adoration that he deserves. Maybe you need to repent, though. Repent about the way you've been approaching friendship. The way you've been viewing friendship, really, really friendship has become more about you than it has become about others or God himself. Maybe you need to repent of the ways you've treated other people, gossiping, the bitterness that has been growing in your heart between you and that other person. Maybe you need to repent because you have been holding these grudges and even maybe pulling other people in those conversations. Bring that to the Lord. Maybe some of you are saying in your heart, I don't even know if my relationship with God has been restored. I haven't turned to Christ yet. Like, can I just encourage you this morning? Repent of your sin. Turn to Jesus as the one who can save you and restore that relationship. The one that we so desperately need in our life. We praise, we repent, we ask. If you're in here and you're thinking, oh, I don't have friends in my life, but I long for friends. Begin by praying now that God would provide you with solid biblical friends who will point you to Christ. Or maybe you're asking God to help you become that kind of friend. You're recognizing their shortcomings in your life as a friend, and you're thinking, how do I grow in this? Okay, I'm going to start praying, Lord, help me to be the friend I need to be so that I can be there for somebody else. And then as we think about all of these things, we want to yield, we want to trust God. There are seasons in our life when we have more friends and seasons when we have less friends. And whatever season you're in right now, whatever struggles you're in, turn to God and trust him. Trust him that he loves you. He's been pursuing you since the beginning. He's still pursuing you even right now, ultimately through the cross. So we want to rejoice in that this morning. Let's pray. Father, we're grateful for this subject. We're thankful, Lord, for the reminder to us this morning that has been to my own heart that I have needed Lord, that I have been created with a, a really a, a need for friendship and community. I wasn't created to be on my own. 
Lord, ultimately, first of all, with you, but then also with others that you put in my life. And Lord, I pray for all of us in this room, God. I pray that you would help us, Lord, as we think about this subject of friendship. We're just getting started in this, Father. Help us to be thinking about how to move forward deliberately in our friendships. But beginning here with our friendship, first of all, with you. God, we praise you that you have pursued us. We praise you this morning that you have, you have pursued us to the point of death on a cross. Father, we confess that we have come to you with the wrong motives. We have come to our friends with the wrong motives. We have allowed bitterness to be present there, Lord. We have allowed disagreements to grow and not be dealt with, Father. We have allowed those things to fester, Lord. Help us to repent of those, Father, and see friendships restored. And then, Father, I just pray, Lord, if there's someone in here right now who's just aching for friendship, would they find in you the friend that they so need first? And then, Father, would you provide them with other friends here in this room who would come alongside them and care for them and journey through life with them? And then, Father, if there are some in this room right now who are saying, yes, I am that kind of friend, Lord, help them to have eyes to see those who are in need this morning. And to think about who they can be pressing into, who, who they need to pursue to be a biblical, Christ-honoring friend to. Father, we rejoice in this truth. Lord, help us to be faithful as we seek to pursue this kind of friendship. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.